When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what's up? This is Sully from Godsmack. Strap on those boots, baby, because you are now in the trenches of the war room with the one and only Mistress Carrie right here on the Mistress Carrie podcast. What's up? This is Joe Rogan, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. I have so lovely pretty eyes. Hey, this is Brent from Shinedown, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hey, Carrie, go put your brow on, girl. Hey, this is Steven Tyler, and you'll be listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. What's up? This is Aaron from Stan. And you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hi, everybody. This is Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters, and you're listening to the one, the only, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is David from the band Disturbed, and you're listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. Hi, Bruce Dickinson here from Iron Maiden. Yes, indeed. Miss Whiplash herself, Mrs. Carrie, is here to um, unchain your brain. Hi, this is Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. This is Dennis Leary. You are listening to my favorite, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is Corey from Stone Sour, and you're listening to... You have the privilege of listening to Mr. Scary. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's Mr. Scary, reporting for duty from MCHQ for episode 167 of the Mr. Scary podcast. And before we get to this week's guest, Richard Patrick from Filter, I want to remind you about everything you can find at mistresscarry.com. Not only can you find every episode of the Mistress Carrie podcast and every episode of my weekly video show, Cocktails in the War Room, but you can also check out my photo galleries, my blog, the concert calendar, which is filled with all of the rock shows coming through New England. You can find the links to all of my social media accounts and you can shop in the official online Mistress Carrie store. Whether you're looking for t-shirts, tank tops, or hoodies, beanies and baseball hats, coffee mugs, pint glasses, and even a bag that you can get into every concert, you'll find all that and more at mistresscarry.com. You can even hit the contact the studio button and send me a message. This week, my guest is Richard Patrick from Filter. The band is getting ready to celebrate their 30th anniversary And they've got a new album coming out next Friday called The Algorithm on August 25th. Filter is also out on the road with Ministry, Alice Cooper, and Rob Zombie with their only New England stop at the Xfinity Theater in Hartford, Connecticut on September 10th. I caught up with Richard Patrick in his recording studio and we talked about everything from touring to politics, the band's new music, how social media has changed our relationships with our favorite artists, the resurgence of cassettes and vinyl, 
his relationship with Trent Reznor and the Nine Inch Nails reunion. We also talked about his career in film scoring and the GOAT himself, John Williams. We talked about his songwriting process and, of course, the new album. Richard Patrick is never short on opinions and he's hilarious. So I was so excited when I found out that he accepted my invitation to come on the show. So allow me to introduce you to Richard Patrick from Filter. Mr. Richard Patrick. Yes. What's going on? I'm here. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I made it on time to the studio so I can talk with you. It's amazing. I'm very impressed. You were very prompt, which is not the case a lot of time. Ten o'clock. On the dot. Yeah, you're, like that. you're on the West Coast. I always ask the bands first. Do you know where you are? Because half the time you guys don't. Right. Yeah, that's very true. We're, we're, I'm not on tour as of the moment, but I'm going to be on tour for the rest of the year, probably. Uh, well, well, of course, with Mr. Rob Zombie, Alice Cooper and Ministry. Yes, we got to talk about up that. In August, August and September. The and, closest uh, you're going to get to me is uh, September 10th at the Xfinity Theater in Hartford, Connecticut. Mhm. That is a good tour. That's Can I seemed- wipe, are we have we are we are we are we doing the interview cuz I got to wipe my face off. I'm a little wet. Go ahead. I'm a little sweaty. You're fine. Sorry about that. It wouldn't be an episode of the Mistress Carrie show if there wasn't some kind of sweaty weirdness. So I appreciate it. You know, some sweaty weirdness happens. It's yeah. just the way it is. It's going to be very sweaty and very weird with Zombie and Alice Cooper in ministry. That's a fun <laughs> tour. Yeah, it's Freaks on Parade. Yeah. Which I like. You're arguably like the most normal guy on that tour, which says something about the tour. Yeah. I guess so. And I'm the crazy, I'm definitely a, 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 a crazy person. I've had, uh, some crazy experiences in my life. So I, I'm, uh, I, uh, I, but, uh, yeah, ministry, Rob Zombie, Alice Cooper, they're, they've definitely got a shtick. Not only that, the but is, and the shtick is darkness <laughs> and I love it. But they've also got a pretty amazing track record of longevity of career and you're yeah. celebrating 30 years yourself. Yeah. N- not too shabby. Yeah, 30 years of making music, eight records. Eight records. Is it weird saying that coming out of your mouth? No. I mean, I mean it's 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 weird being 55 all of a sudden. <laughs> like it's weird um being older, but I still do the same thing. You know what I mean? I still um make music and go around the world and play it and and uh do movie scores and you know so music is definitely just this huge part of my life and i hope to think i'm getting better at it (laughs) and um yeah it's just amazing it's been an amazing life you know what i mean now that i'm halfway through it i can i can look back with uh with uh happiness and and know that i did i worked as hard as i could you know i love the fact that you're just letting the gray hair go you're like yep yep letting it go Letting it rip. I'm going to be purple when I'm 80. I don't care. Yeah, it's all right. Everybody's different. Yeah. I mean, my studio's purple. I know. So I wanted to talk to you about that because 
doing these interviews where I can actually see people, that's your home studio, I'm assuming, right? Yes, this is, no, this is, uh, I, uh, I have a little commercial spot that I rent from and uh, it, uh, it's got everything I need. It's got keyboards and synthesizers and just everything I could possibly want. Uh, to make music with. So I like being able to see inside your work environment though. It's always very interesting to kind of see behind the scenes on where you go through your creative process and knowing that you do it with purple lights makes me happy. I'm going to tell everybody you did it for me. A lot of purple lights. And as a liberal Democrat, I'm stealing the flag back. (laughs) So uh, We got to talk about the new album because all through COVID, I kept in touch with a lot of the artists that couldn't be on the road and were kind of stir crazy, stuck, not being able to tour. Mm -hmm. And this unbelievable avalanche of creativity has come out of it where all the bands were just stuck. So you might as well make new music. And there seems to be one side or the other that bands either wanted to create music that was an escape from all the craziness that was happening or they mm-hmm. wanted to funnel everything that was happening into music. I think you're the latter because it's what you've always done. Yeah, I, I kind of went crazy. Um, with I was going to do a record with Brian Gang called Short Bus, or no, uh, Rebus. And um, I wrote a bunch of songs that were like super political, like super topical. And I was going to call the record America. Actually, I was, I was, I was, I was, you know, I wasn't sure what I wanted to call it. And so then I just released two songs called thoughts and prayers and America and like got it out of my system and then so for this new record, we 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 put out those two songs and those two songs live as singles on Spotify and everything. Um, but for this new record, I decided to go less political and just more kind of um, general and, and just, uh, well, you'll have to read the lyrics to find out. But I call the record The Algorithm because it's a little bit more of what's happening to us because the whole theme I've had for the past couple of years is they've got us right where they want us. They've got us right where they want us at each other's throats. You know, they want to divide us. They want to, they don't want us paying attention to what's going on behind the curtain. And, um, I don't know. I, I, I've been very vocal politically, um, but as of late, the last like six months or seven, eight months, I've been less, I don't post anything political on my, on my social media. I just kind of put it into the music and let people discover it on their own. Um, It's, it's not too in your face um, as it was with America and thoughts and prayers. So I don't know. I, uh, I'm just messing around, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just constantly working on different stuff. And I kind of, I I've been political and I, I kind of said what I had to say and now I'm kind of moving away from it because it's just such a ridiculous mess. 
Well, it, it seems so to be ridiculous. something that everybody dealt with because of the isolation. Mm-hmm. That everybody was just funneling all this rage through their keyboard, like on Facebook yeah. and Twitter, because yeah. you couldn't do anything else. And now that the world is opened back up and we're actually able to like go to shows, hang yeah. out together again. It's like, yeah, it's you like, kind of like know where you concert, stand. It's like during our concerts, I don't say anything. All I say is, I'm glad you're here. We're here to play music for you. We're here to entertain you. Let's have a great time. That's the only thing I say. Um, there's no big, huge political you know, speeches during the show. And I've seen other bands do it, and it, it kind of fails. You know, it, it There's always uh, 50% of the audience is just like, Fuck you. I don't I don't want to hear it. You know what I mean? There there are their minds are made up. So it's almost like remembering that people, you know, are coming to a concert to kind of get away from all this shit. You know, so I mean I, I've I've gone both ways on it. And right now I'm in a, a period where I'm just kind of releasing music. And if you discover that I'm saying something political, then good for you. You know, <laughs> if, you know, if you, if you don't discover it, then you're okay as well. You know, you're not, it's not as in your face. There used to be a time at Christmas when you didn't know that uncle Walter was a jerk and like a bigot and stuff. And now mm-hmm. that you're friends with him on Facebook, it's like everyone yeah. in your circle, you know, way more about them than would yeah. have come out while you were passing the biscuits at dinner. Yeah. I mean, it, it it is so fucking bizarre that 50% of the country is being lied to, is being lied to on a daily basis, and they're just eating it up. They're just eating it up. And I'm not talking about what 50% it is, because the other side thinks it's the other 50%, and the other 50% thinks it's the, the other side. You know what I mean? And um, there's just so much disinformation. I mean, one thing I can say is face down is actually about the disinformation that's, that's being spewed to us all the time. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy, you know? And so I, I talk about things a little bit more globally and a little bit more like, you know, vague just because, you know, I don't want to I don't want to saturate my audience with just my political opinion. You know what I mean? And and the the thing about having a political opinion is just that's something that people know about you. You know, all of a sudden they just know it, you know, and. Uh, um, it, it's it's a little disheartening to 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 be known, I think I it, it's like. I feel like maybe I should have a little bit more mystique with the whole thing. Well, back in the back in the old days, before social media, before all of that, I asked George Thorogood this recently about when his career started. I said, could you imagine the late 60s and early 70s with social media? And he was like, no, everything was word of mouth. You had to hear from somebody that so-and-so jumped up on stage with somebody, that tours were getting announced. Like, it was so organic and mm-hmm. things were just slower. He's like, now you know what your favorite rock star ate for breakfast, and it cut, and it kind of does take that. Yeah, but you also, you 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 know you know everything about uh, you know a, a person with social media, and you know, and and you, but you're getting all of it at once, like 
as opposed to just kind of releasing records and, you know, like even us, we're releasing single after single after single after single, like within a month from each other, you know, and um, just trying to have that presence online is just is just wild, you know, and just trying to get clicks and stuff like that is wild. I mean, I'm going to release a record and, you know, on Spotify, people are going to know the songs that have been released, but are they going to take that time to click the album button and, and listen to the entire album in one, in one swoop and one sitting. And I, I, I don't know if people do that anymore. You know, I, I find myself not doing it that much. I'll put on, I'll put on Spotify, I'll hit a song that I want to hear, and then I'll let the radio play and it'll play all kinds of new music and stuff, which is fun to discover new music that way. But it's also like, I just want to hear like, you know, some girls by the Rolling Stones, you know, like <laughs> play some girls by the, when I'm in my Tesla, I'm like, play some girls by the Rolling Stones. And it, you know, like I'll, I'll, I'll get it, but like, I have to know the name of the album I have to know exactly what, you know what I mean? You're in the algorithm. Yeah. The algorithm. Exactly. <laughs> I, um, I hear from a lot of bands that the music industry and the way that they're going to release music seems to be reverting back to the original fifties days when they released 45s, but instead <laughs> now artists are thinking, well, I don't know if re we really need to release albums or we might just release singles as we have songs ready, are you saying that once this eighth album well, comes out, that you're going to do that more? That's kind of what I did with Thoughts and Prayers and America. But those songs didn't get the attention that I wanted them to get. So it's like, um, I'm still I'm still kind of a believer in, in people buying vinyl and people buying CDs I still want them to be satisfied as well. Cause you know, a lot of people are like, even though they're not, the numbers aren't there, but a lot of people are, are like, you know, Hey, I want to hear the whole thing in one setting and one sitting and, 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 and get everything, you know, that way. And it's like, you're the, you're very, you're one of the very few that wants it that way anymore. Um, but we we're we're till we're still available to them. We're still, you know, putting it out there for them. You know, as as far as uh, if they want a CD, they can have a CD. They can buy a CD. You know, like it's available on Spotify. It's available on Apple Music. It's available on Tidal or whatever. But it's also a CD. And so people, if they if they care, they'll go to the website and they'll buy it off the website or they'll go to a store, maybe Amoeba. We have Amoeba in L.A. And uh, uh you know, maybe they'll buy it there. But, you know, for the most part, most people are just streaming. So I've done it both ways. I've I released Thoughts and Prayers in America and and just kind of released them. Didn't even no fanfare, no, no promotion whatsoever, just kind of put them out there. And then um this this new batch of stuff. I'm on Golden Robot Records, so like it's a it's a record company and it's a record label. And um you know, we're putting it out that way. So it's 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 all over the place. It's a big mess is what it really is. <laughs> I understand vinyl coming back because I'm a huge lover of it. I understand why CDs are still around, obviously. 
What's your feeling on cassettes coming back? Because this one, if you lived through the cassette era the first time, I feel like you just don't get why they're back. Yeah, I I mean, I'm kind of I was kind of weird with vinyl. I mean, my brother lent me his album collection with the stipulation. If you scratch any of my records, I'm going to fucking kill you. (laughs) This is how you clean it. And this is how you take, put it away and you put it away as soon as you get done with it. And he was very, but he, he lent me his whole record collection, which was like the clash and all this black Sabbath. And all of my influences came out of that period when I was like 1981. But as soon as CDs showed up, it was like, these things are indestructible. You know, these things are, these and things, they're not. you know what I mean? And so I'm a CD baby. I'm, I'm, CDs are where it's at. They sound huge. They're they're amazing. They you can skip along, you can skip around on them and not have to worry about picking up the needle and hurting <laughs> the record, the fragile vinyl record. So, um I, you know, I, I I cassettes, I used to make cassettes cuz that was the only thing that you could play in your car. So I would make a mixtape. I loved making mixtapes. I was great at it too. I would I would master it just perfectly. I would I would make it so loud, but yet still not distorted. And there was you know no I mean? other way to say I love you to a girl than with a mixtape. Yep. Than a mixtape. Oh, my yep. heart. Mixtapes, baby. Yeah. You kind of answered this question a little bit. I have a theory about music that there is the soundtrack to your childhood the music you get exposed to unwillingly by like your parents, your older brother, your cool uncle. And then there's a line in the sand where you hear something, an artist, a song, an album, whatever it is, that you step into a new era of your life and go, no, 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 I like that. So if your brother's loaning you all this vinyl, yeah, what were you guys listening to as kids that your parents were playing? And then what was it? That okay, even- so... Oh, go ahead. So my... My mom and my dad, my mom liked stuff from the 50s because of her childhood. But my dad was like, he would listen to a lot of stuff. My dad really loved Neil Diamond. And I still love Neil Diamond. Like Hot August Nights is arguably one of the greatest records ever made, without a doubt, in my opinion. But he also loved Pink Floyd. So we heard a lot of Pink Floyd with the wall was constantly on in our house. And then like he really loved marching band stuff like Stars and Stripes. Like he loved the march. Were you a marching band kid? I was. No. No, you never got there? No, I was always a guitar player. Um, But uh, then my brother gave me the clash like he it's an infamous story he came up to me i was listening to a kiss record and he goes he's just like you're not going to listen to that anymore this is <laughs> this is this is the clash you are now punk <laughs> you are now a punker i'm like okay here we go um but then i started discovering my own bands and my own my big first band that i kind of found on my own was u2 and skinny puppy and ministry and all the industrial stuff that led me to nine inch nails that helped me you know be a cool influence for trent in nine inch nails 
and um yeah there's it's a ton of great music when i was a kid and i still i still love i still love discovering new music like i'm i'm into this edm artist named rez r-e-z-z i've been into her for the like the past five or six years uh i love Scarlord. have you ever heard of him he's no. amazing oh my god he's amazing it's trap metal um yeah he's insane he's really good and it's scarlord s-c-a-r-l-x-a-r-x-r-d scarlord that's how he spells it yeah see i love discovering new stuff yeah i've been kind of addicted to sleep token like i got sucked into that whole thing because it mixes so Mm -hmm. many different genres which i love yeah i've never heard of them oh sleep token you got to check them out yeah cool Really, really cool Um, when the pandemic really hit and everybody was locked at home, Mm -hmm. I went down this rabbit hole of documentaries and I actually saw you on that hired guns documentary, which I had never seen until the pandemic. That was a, that was a shit job. Was it? That was was bullshit. Yeah. They, they kind of made me the the villain because I think they needed a villain for the documentary, but it was bullshit. If you saw the whole interview, which they erased, the whole interview, I very, very, very skillfully and safely like navigate through their weird questions. And then at the end of the day, they made me out to look like this like money grubbing villain. And I'm, I hate that documentary and I think it's a piece of shit. Wow. I had no yeah. idea that it was chopped up that way. Yeah, I was trying. He literally, the guy told me when I met him at an award ceremony for something else. He literally was like, yep, I made you the villain, bro. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> Fran, the, the the guy that directed it. Well, obviously your relationship with Trent, you guys yeah. got back together and we're at the yes. Rock and Roll Hall we're, of Fame. We're and- fine. We're yeah. fine. Trent and I have been good friends for the past, like, you know, 20 years. Uh, and we just came to a place of acceptance. Like I've got to be doing my own thing. Like that's, that's where I needed to be. I, I wanted to go do filter and it worked and everyone should be happy. We're both, our kids have played together. Plus he, and he had me back for the reunion, which was unbelievable. It was so amazing. And he put me to work. He's like, you're singing eraser, which I literally couldn't sing. Cause I was crying so hard. I was so happy to be back. And I was like crying, like, like a little kid, like, like, you know, getting his wish come true or whatever. And, um, and then like, I had to sing sin with him, back up some sin and play guitar. I played wish. Then we played gave up, which was really cool. And then we did, Hey man, nice shot. He learned, he had nine inch nails, learn, Hey man, nice shot. And we performed that. And then I sang the second verse and head like a hole. And, um, it was amazing. As a nine inch nails fan. When I saw that hit the news, I was so happy. Yeah, everybody was. And the crowd went nuts. I bet. They were so fucking cool. It was really, it was a huge thing for him to do that for me. He 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 brought so much attention back to my career. And I owe him. He's a really good dude. And yeah, Trent, Trent Reznor, props. It's not a surprise that both of you have found success, not only with your bands, but also kind of in the film industry too. Yeah. 
He's crushing it. He is a two-time Oscar winner. I'm doing okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing okay. I can't complain, you know, uh, but it's not a competition. It's, you know, we both have, we're both living in the world of our chosen profession and, and, and making music. I've made, I've made 10 movies, uh, doing scores for 10 movies. And Are there things I'm, that people wouldn't know you did that you did? Yeah, The Chariot, starring Thomas Mann and um, John Malkovich. I did The Second with Ryan Philippi. I did uh, Pursuit with uh, John Cusack. I did uh, the I did Dark Crime, starring Jim Carrey. Um, yeah, so I'm 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 working, and I'm doing a new documentary called Protect the House, which comes out. Um, it's probably going to come out next year sometime. And I did another one called Breathe, Nolan, Breathe, which I'm really proud about. The great documentary called Breathe, Nolan, Breathe. It's on YouTube and it's saved. It has absolutely saved lives because it's all about hazing. It's all about the the hazing rituals that are done in college for these these kids that go to college and they they drink a bottle. They have to drink a bottle of whiskey and they get wasted and they end up dying from it and that happens more often than you think it happens like three or four hundred times a year at universities all over the country and it's just terrible these these young beautiful people go off to college and their kids are their you know their their parents are like here you go here here's my son take care of him and they end up dead you know from this this hazing rich these hazing things that go on in college so i'm i'm doing a lot of stuff that i'm proud of you know what i mean i'm i'm doing a lot of music scoring that that uh is is uh, is affecting the world in a in a in a positive uh uh you know way what do you think is the the best at it like we have a soft spot here in the northeast for john williams because he conducted the boston pops for so long but when it comes yeah. to like iconic film scores, is it John Williams? Is he the best? Who do you think is just I mean, iconic? I mean, I don't, I don't think in terms of like who's the best or because I your favorite. You know what I, you know what I mean? Yeah. John Williams is arguably one of the greatest composers to walk the earth. Period. Hands down, his movie scores are going to go down in history as like our modern classic music that we got into. Um, every single movie he does, he is amazing. Every, and he's 98, you know, he's still doing it. Um, he just finished Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, Dial of Destiny. Um, I saw you know. him in that, the, the, uh, if these walls could talk documentary yeah. that, that, uh, Paul McCartney's daughter did about Abbey yeah. Road Studios. Yeah, I haven't seen that oh, whole documentary. I started watching it, but I, yeah. I loved it. I thought it was really, really... That's I, the other thing. It's just, there's so much out there to watch. They're, you're saturated yeah. with with stuff out there. It's, that's why it's different these days, but I digress. <laughs> but yeah. Um, Hans Zimmer. Yeah. It's amazing. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross are amazing. Um, there's a lot of great movie score, uh, folks out there. I've got my eye on this, this young man named Chris Brocata, who's a friend of mine, who's amazing. He's, he just got a job at Bleeding Fingers, which is Hans Zimmer's kind of factory where he does a lot of his work. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, 
It's there's so many people that do great scores. It's a tough business, but you know if you can if you can kind of handle it, then you're okay, and you can get somewhere. It's fun. Not to talk about favorites, but I I ask every songwriter that comes on the show this question because I'm so envious of the craft of being able to make a song out of nothing. Mm -hmm. Is there a song from any artist, any genre? That's inconsequential that it's not a favorite song question, but a song you think is perfectly crafted that you wish oh. you wrote it, but you got to give me an example and you got to break it down and explain from a craft perspective, why it's so brilliant. I can't technically kind of give you that answer. Cause I'm a feel person. Like I, I write, I write things from a sound from from sounds i write things from my ear i i don't know the different scales i mean i do but i i i kind of don't like i i everything that i do is from ear um but like you know john uh, uh paul mccartney's the long and winding road oh. you know it's just amazing it's 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 just absolutely amazing it's one of the the greatest songs ever written um, you know, I mean, but then, but then again, so is the unforgettable fire by you too, because it's so random. They had, he was plucking a guitar that was, you know, plugged into a digital delay and he just plays these, these harmonics on the guitar that are random. You can't, you can't necessarily, it's, it's more experimental and, and, and it, 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 it has to be done with a digital delay and it has to be done with a digital reverb. And like they, they, they try to play with, you, you can't do an acoustic version of the unforgettable. Fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could, but it would not sound nearly the same. So I, 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 I'm all over the place and, and, and Viva sex six by skinny puppy is, you know, uh, the, the, the song VX gas attack is, is a, perfect song to me because it is so abstract and it is so against um you know traditional songwriting it, it's punk as hell you I'm know i'm just it, amazed at how many of you artists mm -hmm. are are the by ear by feel never mm -hmm. took lessons the more i talk yeah. to people the more i realize that that's the norm where me as a music fan, I thought you guys all knew how to read music and all took yeah. lessons as kids. Well, we I started off and 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 you know, and I started off doing that and learning how to read and stuff like that, but I I I got bored of it. <laughs> I, I I'm an ADHD kid. You know what I mean? And I still have ADHD as an adult and I I have to treat it with medicine and and like I have to I have to worry about it. Um but I, I was an ADHD kid and I would just grab the guitar and play to the stereo and hear what they're doing on, on, on a vinyl record player and like go back and listen to it and play it and go back and listen to it and play it. And then I would, you know, find myself just writing on the guitar and creating new stuff um, for the fun of it by ear just because it was it was it was easier that way it was it was easy that way and, that was uh, not my experience with the clarinet when i was a kid <laughs> yeah yeah the clarinet's a different ball that's a different <laughs> that's a different thing you know but the guitar is so and the piano is so visceral 
and you just hear it immediately and and you can kind of like oh that's what they're doing and so there's this amazing discovery that you that you have when you have something that's like just you grab the neck and start playing chords on it and start figuring it out and you know that's kind of just the way i learned well i can't believe that i can say filter is getting ready to celebrate its 30th anniversary which blows my mind yep and the fact that there's new music coming out august 25th that this massive tour with rob zombie and alice cooper and ministry is going out i'm so glad that you're back first album in seven years it's about time mr patrick yeah yeah i know and i i did release those singles i released america and thoughts and prayers for people who want to know if i've been out there just completely out to know her, but I've, I've, I've definitely been releasing music, but I, um, this is the first LP on golden robot records that I've released in seven years. And I'm super excited to get it out there because I, it's really, it's really that good. I just got the test pressing of the vinyl and listen to it. Are you going to do some- purple vinyl? Uh, no, I'm going <sighs> to do clear. It's going to be cool. translucent, clear vinyl. Nice. Yeah, and black. Nice, obviously, yeah. So there's going to be the black version, and then there's going to be the clear version. And uh, you're supposed to get both if you really love me. <laughs> well, but, yeah, I'm excited. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time. It was nice you to see it. your studio and nice to see you. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. When you I really appreciate it. When you get through this tour with Rob Zombie and Alice Cooper in Ministry, I'm assuming Filter is going to go out on your own tour, and it would be nice to have you in Massachusetts yeah, do a headline. in the Boston well, we area. Did we did some headlining shows in the East coast a little while ago, just to kind of warm up. And it was amazing. We played for like an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes. And there are so many songs. There are so many amazing, great songs. I mean, you know, people are familiar with take a picture and Hey man, nice shot and trip like I do. And, and welcome to the fold and all that stuff. But, there's so many more songs and we play the best of the best. Did you have to learn some of them because you forgot how to play them? Yep. (laughs) Yep. I'm still, I literally can't remember all the fucking lyrics. (laughs) And it is because the volume of music that we have, you just to know every single song is just, it would take, thousands of man hours to like learn everything come on bruce springsteen figures it out somehow he's got a teleprompter you don't know this you don't know this you don't know this but they've all got fucking teleprompters like people like you would not believe have teleprompters i don't i don't know there's cheat sheets uh, everywhere like every band has little cheat sheets of like what verse is this like what the fuck verse is like i i do uh jonathan davis for our does, interview yeah you got bono, bono does you know uh bono has big teleprompters everywhere he's gonna I mean, have to find a place to put those in that sphere venue have you been following the construction yeah, of this venue i can't wait i really want to go see a Me concert too. i'm like my our manager, uh, Mark Pollock, knows those guys. 
And I'm just like, Mark, are you going to call Bono and get me into <laughs> I'm going to be in Vegas at the end of September. Uh, he would never do it because he does. he's not that guy. He doesn't want to do that. But like, I'm, if you like, need I'm somebody like, to go with you, I want to go with you because I'm, I'm in. Taking, I'm, I want to take my wife and my kids. It's going to be like a $5,000 weekend. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's going to be expensive as fuck. But I really, really want to go because I'm a I'm that much of a U2 fan. And 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 Vegas is close. And they say that the sphere is going to change live music performance. They said it's fully immersive on the inside. I know. And I'm, 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 I mean, I'm still interested in the four dudes doing their thing. I mean, like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm, I'm into club shows. I'm into like, you know, I do love the immersive. I love video screens and I love all that. And Rob Zombie is amazing at that. He's got everything like that. And and uh, so does Al and Alice Cooper. We're we're going to bring a backdrop. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're psyched because we're going to bring a backdrop. You know, we're, you know, we're we're in some I think we're going to bring this new lighting system called the Mantis out with us. Um, but yeah, um I I don't know. I uh, fully immersive. I'm okay. I just want to, I just, I can't wait. I can't comment until I've seen it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'm sure it's going to be amazing, but I got to get tickets. I got to find a way to get tickets. I got to like beg someone. Richard Patrick from filter. You got to know a guy. I got, I do know a few dudes, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm still like, you know, like, I don't like doing it. I don't like putting people out. Yeah. I mean, like, like, come on, dude, can I get tickets to your thing? And bah. You know, like I'm, I'm not necessarily that guy. Well, like, you, plus you always got to repay the favor too, which can hurt sometimes if you're not. Yeah, careful. but you know, come and come, come to the filter show. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like you know, like that. That's the best I can do. You know what I mean? Like, oh, they might start asking you to get into these movies you're working on. Hey, they can come and see. It. They can <laughs> hang out with me. Yeah, come on. Well, my fingers are crossed for you that you're going to get you two tickets to see him in Vegas. I'm excited, and I want to do it. It was and so good to see you. The algorithm comes out August 25th. It is the eighth filter record. It is fucking amazing. I'm super proud of it. It sounds like, it sounds like honestly, like title of record and uh, uh, um, amalgamate and, and that era of the band. And I'm very proud, about, but still cutting edge and new. And, um, and everybody I'm, in New England can come see you in Hartford September 10th. Yes. Thank you for that. Come on, man. I got I Hartford's, got cheat sheets, you too. Jonathan Davis isn't the only one. I like your studio, too. It's cool. I this like is, all the devils. This is MCHQ. This is my own personal radio station and podcast studio. It's nice having your own workspace. I want to be in a picture on your wall. I can make that happen. I'm going to be a picture on your wall. I have so pictures of that. you and I together at WAF with Army of Anyone back in the day. Oh, shit. Back when I was black haired. Yes. That's why I was saying about the gray hair. I'm un- I'm yeah, well, I own it. Yeah, just own, I it. own it. I refuse I like to hair. own it. I'm not. Well, you, but you're awesome. Oh, thank you. Everybody's doing different stuff. Yeah, it's been purple I have cool for. Looking, I have cool looking silver hair. I can't help it. It's been purple for almost 33 years now. So if I Dude, changed it now, nobody what, would recognize me. I had me. purple hair. There's pictures of me on my Instagram with purple hair. I had purple <laughs> hair for a little while. But then it was like, yeah, what am I doing? I have gray. I like silver. Yeah. You Guys, know? it looks good on. Women go from hot to witchy in like 
nine months with gray hair. Yeah, yeah, so I know. I'm gonna it's, be that crazy eighty I mean, year old like, lady. You know, with I don't hair. know how he does it. I don't know how they do it, but I've, I've I know some guys that have no gray hair at all, and they're like my they're older than me. And they have no gray hair at all. So I'm, you know, kudos. And yeah. if it's a little, if it's a little sneaky hair dye, then that's okay too. Yeah. A little Jeff between be friends. To thine own self be true. Be, be good to yourself <laughs> and just enjoy life. And, and, you know, you know. Amen to that. It. Amen to that. That's, that's honestly, that is the message. That is the message that filter wants to, to prevail which is let's all just get along and try and work this shit out that's basically what it is it's the only way we're going to survive yeah america's not doing too hot people yeah we got to figure it out for sure well i will see you at the rock show you got it babe and then we'll take pictures and i'll put you on my wall good and you come and see, and you make sure you stop backstage and hang out with me, and I'll get you backstage tickets. No problem. Oh, you know a guy. With the, with the snap of my fingers, <laughs> we will take care of you, and you can hang out with us. I will take you up on that. Awesome. Thank you so much. It's it. so great to see you. Do you know that if you have a filter tattoo on your body, you can get into any filter concert there is? Really? Yep. For the rest of your life. Could you try again? Oh, my God. Indeed. My fo- my my watch is talking to me for some reason. Yeah, the algorithm, Richard, the algorithm is listening to you. The algorithm's in there. I'm well, a part of it. Go get a filter tattoo and then you can get into the show for free. Yep. All filter tattoos get in for free. You just got to hook us. You just got to DM us on Instagram or Facebook and try and get our attentions. Now, sometimes we we to, to people do fall through the cracks, but but we we do try and honor our word and stuff like that, and That's make sure that cool. everybody gets in. That's very cool. All right, we'll see you soon. I know you're busy, and I gotta let Love you know. Love you. You got it. Bye. I'll see you in a bit. Thank you. You got it. There he is, the one and only Richard Patrick from Filter. The band's eighth studio album, The Algorithm, comes out next Friday, August twenty fifth. You can see the band on tour with Alice Cooper, Rob Zombie, and Ministry with a stop in Hartford, Connecticut at the Xfinity Theater coming up on September 10th. You want the details on all of that? Just check the links in the show notes of this episode. You'll find all of Richard Patrick's links, all of Filter's links, all the Mistress Carrie links, the link to buy tickets to the show in Hartford, and the link to this episode's corresponding playlist. I make a playlist for every full-length episode of the Mistress Carrie podcast, that features all of my guest music and all the songs and artists that we referenced in the interview. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe to the Mistress Carrie podcast. New full-length episodes come out every Wednesday, plus every weekday you get the sit rep. In about five minutes, I boil down all of your rock news, music headlines, and entertainment updates. You can hang out with me live every Tuesday night at 8.30 Eastern on my official Facebook page for my video show, Cocktails in the War Room. And of course, you can always find me on the radio. Get the details on all that and more at MistressCarrie.com. The Mistress Carrie Podcast, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.